I've just returned from a week at the European Society of Pathology Congress in Helsinki. That was a very valuable experience, not only hearing a lot of interesting new research, uh, lots of interesting diagnostic issues being discussed, but also gave me the opportunity to interact with many individuals who have a role in the journal. Authors, reviewers, potential authors, and of course many readers. Uh, and through that medium I can get some kind of feel for the changing views of our constituency with regard to the journal and to scientific publishing to get some idea of the things that people think we do well and maybe some of the things that we don't do so well. And of course it's very useful to, to learn about that, to reflect on those issues and, and trying to improve what we do. One of the things that we've introduced to help us engage and interact with the many diverse individuals involved in the journal is through various social media. Indeed, we've just appointed an editor with special responsibility for this, Adrian Jubb from San Francisco. His first project has been to establish a presence on Facebook, and that's just been launched just two weeks ago. We are very interested to see how this develops and how it's used, and we'd be very interested to hear from you through the medium of Facebook about not only Facebook itself and the way in which the Journal of Pathology uses it, but also any issue in relation to the journal. Another project that we began last year were the production of virtual issues, collections of material published in the journal brought together, usually with a linking commentary, together with some questions that can be used for the development of reflective notes for CPD portfolios. We've now produced seven such virtual issues, the most recent being on the molecular pathology of sarcomas, and that was released just in August. The feedback that we've had so far with regard to virtual issues is that they are popular, and people value the linking commentary that brings the subject together and forms a, a vehicle for linking the various articles that we've published. I should emphasise that those articles are in association with the virtual issue, completely free for at least six months. We'd like very much to get your views on those virtual issues, and in particular, how we might develop them in the future, and suggestions for topics that we might address. So perhaps you'd like to let us know about that, again, through the vehicle of Facebook. The final issue I'd like to address in this short podcast relates to our increasing impact factor and its resultant consequences. We were very pleased that our impact factor moved from 5 to 6 last year and now is 7.25. Getting to such an impact factor has been a goal of ours for some time and we're very pleased, of course, with that progress and our ability to compete with many other journals. This has a number of consequences, both in terms of our visibility and our overall impact, one dramatic consequence has been in terms of the level of submissions, which has been going up for some time. Now the submission rate has surged. And this is a double-edged sword in that it gives us the opportunity to publish the very best work, but it also means that since we can only publish a fixed number of pages in any given issue and in a given year, then we have to be very selective. It is now the case that 20 to 30% of submissions actually go out to review. That is, about 70% of 
manuscripts submitted to the Journal of Pathology are sent back to authors without external peer review. That, of course, is in itself a problem. How do we decide what to send to review and how do we decide what to send back to authors without review? The benefit, of course, of being so radical is that the unsuccessful authors get their manuscript back, hopefully within just a few days, saving them considerable time. But how can we have a clear and objective process that is as transparent as possible? That has been a, an issue that we've addressed, and we now have defined in our instructions to authors exactly how we go about this, I'm afraid, quite difficult process. So this is what we do. On receipt of a manuscript, a small group, which is made up of the editor-in-chief, that's myself, the deputy editor, and, on a rotational basis, other members of the associate editor team consider the manuscript. They ask us a number of questions. Does it fit with our scope and aims? Does it provide new insights into disease processes? And is it of a sufficiently high quality to be likely to be competitive in the review process? On occasions, the three members of this triage group can have a clear view. On other occasions, we get additional input from other associate editors or from members of the editorial board. By this means, we try to get an objective view as to what we should be sending out for peer review and what we should return to authors without peer review. So what is unlikely to be competitive? Well, we don't want to consider case reports, nor do we want purely diagnostic papers or papers that focus on technical methods. In addition, papers that focus primarily on issues of prognosis are really not within our remit, and certainly we would not consider them unless they were fully compliant with remark criteria. Finally, the, an area that we don't really want to pursue is very specialist work that is not of general interest or general utility. Our goal is to triage the submissions quickly and with fairness such that the authors of papers that do not go into the review process can learn of the decision and submit elsewhere promptly and in a timely manner. We recognise that no system is perfect and we recognise this absolutely but we hope that we can be fair and we aspire to publish the best possible material within the Journal of Pathology. The final point that I, I'd like to address here is that in relation to what happens if members of the editorial team, the associate editors, or the deputy editor, or indeed myself as editor-in-chief, what happens if we submit a paper to the journal? I should make it very clear that we have very strict rules. In essence... Any such submission will involve the associated member of the editorial team being completely blinded to the entire process. So if I were to submit a paper, not only would I not be involved in the process, I couldn't even see the process. It, I would be completely removed from it. By such means, we hope we can have a, a fair and ethical approach to the process. I should also say that manuscripts submitted from institutions at which a given member of the editorial team 
is employed or has any recent relationship would mean that that paper would be not seen by that member of the team. I hope all that gives you some additional insight into our processes and I should say that further information is present in our instructions to authors and in recent editorials that we've published. Thank you for listening to this podcast and your views and thoughts on the journal would be very welcomed either directly by email or through the various social media and in particular Facebook that we've just launched.